1: I like Tuesdays. You know, when you fill in for Oakley enough, you get to uh, be exposed, as it were, to uh, the panels of every day of the week as opposed to the one that you sit on, which for me is Thursday. So the Tuesday panel is especially talkative and they bat it around a lot, uh, like playing tennis. Alyssa Freeman has joined us. She is a public relations strategist and PR and pop culture media expert. How's Alyssa doing? Just doing so well, and good to hear your voice, Peter. Always a pleasure to have you around, and Kevin Godette, president of Bright Point Strategy, formerly Canadian Taxpayers Federation, formerly candidate, longtime friend. How's Kevin?
2: I'm great. Thanks, Peter. Good to see you today.
1: I'm good to see you, too. And John Carmichael, another old friend, uh, former MPP, CEO, Interim Registrar, Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. Um, I've had some dealings with you lately. Well, you didn't know it, but you, but it's true. How are you, John?
0: I'm good, Peter. Thank you.
1: All right, let's let's uh, let's just jump into this thing, and uh, let me tell you, in case you haven't heard it, because it's uh, all of about 40 minutes old, uh, they passed the law today at Queen's Park that changes the City of Toronto Act um, to reflect a 25-person council, as opposed to 44 or 47, it's a done deal. So what we're faced with now <laughs> is uh, candidate and lawyer Rocco Ashampong has said uh, he's already been in court once, but he said he's, he's challenging going back to court next week um, this law and uh, going to try to stop it because it took place uh, midway through an election. I didn't realize there was a, quote, writ period, unquote, but Rocco, who is a lawyer himself, says so. And then there are the councillors who are still wailing away. There was a meeting last night, um, as we heard from uh, Sue Ann Levy, where they, they want their 44, they want their 47, and they're whining about it. Uh, My question is this. Do you think, uh, Kevin, that they have any hope or should they just get busy in campaign?
2: I actually don't know what justice has been seized with the case. So normally I would say from a from a merits perspective, they ought not to have any any case the supremacy of parliament ought to ought to Trump all else in this instance. However, the judiciary, being what it is, one never knows. So, uh, Mr. Ashrambo will probably be seeking an injunction to have the uh, temporary relief pending a full hearing of the case. And uh, I would be, cur- you know, obviously we're all curious. We'll be see- to see what what judge gets the case and what he or she decides. Uh, but the merits, quite simply, should be Parliament has decided, and
1: we move on. Well, you know, we'll all be watching it. Uh, you will be. I will be. We all will be. But. That said, uh, I'm I'm of the same opinion as you and John Carmichael as a veteran member of Parliament with uh, more than working knowledge of this. I, why don't you weigh in on it? Do you think that there's any chance that this is going to be put aside or overturned or put on hold till, till you know four years from now, or that we actually are going to run an election for 25 people?
0: No, I think we're going to run an election for 25 people. October 22nd is going to come up on us very very quickly, and if. I were sitting in one of those chairs looking for a seat. Uh, Amongst the 25, I'd be out knocking on a lot of doors very quickly.
1: That's what I would be doing, and I think we've both done that. Alyssa, you haven't done it, but you're quite familiar with this stuff. Um, given the fact that, uh, as I mentioned, there was a meeting uh, the other night of uh, disenfranchised, at least they're feeling, councillors who aren't sure quite what seat they should run for, my advice to them would be the advice that uh, that our friend John Carmichael just gave, which is, hey, there's an election on, you got 10 weeks, if that. You better get busy, and by the way, you better get busy knocking on the doors that are in one of 20 as opposed to one of 44, no?
3: Exactly. You know, what's done is done, Peter. And the fact that they're actually holding more meetings and more whining and more, you know, more, more, more. This is what exactly what, you know, we're trying to stop. We're trying to stop all these meetings. We're trying to stop all these blockages and we're trying to actually get things done. So the fact that these counselors are still engaging in the practice that actually drives people crazy is, is counterintuitive to me. What I would be doing is sitting down with my strategy team and figuring out what my next steps are because I'm probably in for the fight of my life.
1: Okay, I'm going to jump over to uh, London, England, uh, and what seems to be like a terrorism incident, because I want to save the sex ad stuff for the next segment so we have enough time to uh, explore that. So uh, you, you've you read the material, and... Um, Our listeners, if they've been with us for any period of time, know that early this morning while we were asleep and it was uh, sunshine uh, rising in London, England, a guy in a little Ford Fiesta, so a small car, not a truck, climbed the sidewalk uh, in the vicinity of the Parliament buildings, Westminster, uh, and uh, he hit a couple of people apparently mostly on bicycles and uh, and he didn't cause terrible damage I think there were three people injured one not particularly seriously treated at the scene two in hospital going to recover um, and and the stop uh, the stop to this guy was uh, a series of barriers that they put in place um, subsequent to one of the other incidents so they've got uh, bollards you know those steel poles filled with concrete they've got Concrete um, paving blocks, you've seen those as well. When we divide highways, when they're doing construction, they use those. And this seems to have worked. It begs the question, do we need to, because we did have a serious attack back here in April, and at the time um, the Young Street incident occurred, we were asking this question, but I don't think that anybody's acted on very much of it, if any of it at all. Should we, John Carmichael, be looking at protecting some of the more vulnerable areas of town from this kind of an attack by putting the appropriate barriers in place?
0: I think we absolutely should. Peter, I was in Ottawa when the shooting occurred, and I've watched over the last number of years <clears throat> the bollards, the uh, the changes in process for the police on the hill, uh, the, the protection and security that's gone into place to ensure that the same type of terrorism does not uh, uh, come against the Parliament buildings in Ottawa again. I think in Toronto we have some very significant buildings that need to be properly protected, and I think that... I really do believe that to to not do anything and to believe that we are still Toronto the good and it's going to uh, uh, they're not going to come after us. We've got to uh, put that behind us and get protection and security in place, both for the people and not not just the buildings, but we, we've got to protect our the staff in those buildings, the people that want to walk around uh, the property, say at Queens Park or Toronto City Hall, and uh, and make sure that. Uh, You know, from a security perspective, uh, we've done the homework and we've we've done what the Brits have done and put in the ballers and ensure that a car is not going to get through and create additional havoc. Three people down is still a tragedy.
1: It is. Alyssa Freeman, uh, pick up on uh, something that John was saying. We're not Toronto the good anymore, are we?
3: No, we're not. And that kind of really disheartens me because I grew up with that saying. I remember when it first came out a number of decades ago. And, you know, when you think about it, there's a new reality that we're living in. We always wanted to be a world-class city. Well, here we are. We're a world-class city with world-class problems. And I think we have to treat them as such. And I think that as a private citizen, when I walk down the street, and I'm let's say I'm walking down University Avenue, Hospital Row, I would feel a lot better if I knew that those buildings were protected. I'd feel a lot better if I was walking past Queen's Park and and that was protected. So why we're not (coughs) getting onto the bandwagon here, why we're not being proactive about it, I don't know. I would hate to say that we have to wait for another incident before somebody says, oh, you know what, I think we need to
1: do this. Well, I don't like the locking the stable door uh, approach to security. And I'm going to turn to Kevin and um, and ask you to uh, to weigh in on this in the sense that um, we both know, I think we'd be fools to, know, to think otherwise, we both know that it's not whether we're going to have another incident. It's when and where we're going to have another incident. I don't know that you can protect everything, but there are some things, Kevin, that are more obvious. The sidewalks that uh, could hold 10 or 20 abreast uh, are... are Along University would be an example. Some of the hospitals would be in the same area. Would be an example. CN Tower, which I think is protected, is an example. The Convention Center, the Opera House. There are there are all kinds of places, and I don't think we do the job. And I don't think that, uh, despite a lot of talk, that we did anything post April.
2: Yeah, uh, I I'm sympathetic to one of your comments about we can't protect everything, which isn't to say we don't protect anything. Um, so I'm a little bit in the middle on this where uh, I'm sympathetic to the need to protect uh, high-threat targets, high-security targets, uh, any number of which you've mentioned. The problem, though, presents itself in the context of where do we stop? And and there's an expense to this. And, and I, I hate to be the guy that raises this, but, you know, are we lock- talking about bollards along um, Queen Street, King Street, Young Street, University, uh, King West, King East, the beach, uh, uh,
1: like? Well, I don't, you know, nobody knows the answer to that, Kevin. So, that, I, I, so that, that's
2: the challenge, right? Is w- yes. Because the problem is some some idiot in a car or with a, a bomb or whatever the hell they might think of, of doing, they can do it almost anywhere, uh, in a mall along the way, uh, you know, on, on a road, and we can't protect everything everywhere. Again, which is to say well, that doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything. I get that. But it, it does become a challenge as to just how far we take it.
1: Well, it's really easy. What we do is we put it to our 25-member council. <laughs>
0: I think just a good well, starting there you point, go. Peter. I'm with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, on panel today, if you're just joining us, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Godet, John Carmichael, and I'm Peter Sherman. You're with Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.